If you've checked out the InsaneRadioDeals.com Fast Take today, thank you, by the way, at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you'll notice something that we are doing. Interjecting humor into otherwise an element of, should we call it desperation here in the Fast Lane? I mean, we're a quarter of the way through the college football season, and if you're a fan of Virginia Tech and Virginia, you might feel like you're at that point where desperation has sunk in. For Liberty... You know, I think they could steamroll teams. Maybe they won't be as good as their record indicates because uh, their schedule is not all that challenging, but they clearly have things they're working on and the coaching staff that knows what they're doing with it. Debatable, though, for Blacksburg and Charlottesville that that's actually the case. And in spite of that, look, I don't want to spend all the time looking at things from a gloom and doom perspective. I'd say I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you feel differently on this, Trey. I'm not convinced that either program, Tech or EVA, has the guy that can lead them. I don't know how you could be considering the results we've seen so far with both of these programs. Are you talking about Muskett and Wells, or are you talking about the coaches? Well, coaches on a bigger picture level, but quarterbacks as well, Trey, because Um, if anything, I go in this direction. They thought they had the guys at the beginning of the year they needed. But in reality, the answer, in large part, given the defense, Nick Saban can't figure out his quarterback issue. Let's just, uh, let's just, it's, it's hard to figure out. It is. I, I, but, I, I, but I'm here to rescue these programs for a slight bit. If you have hideous offensive line play. I disagree with this, play, by the way. You do? Somewhat. Well, 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 here's my thing. If you have hideous offensive line play, it is worth considering a quarterback that can make plays off-platform and out of structure. Off-platform is when you're moved around. Out of structure is away from what the initial play design calls, as opposed to just a shotgun snap where you're scanning the field or you're under center. Very few teams actually do this. And you're dropping back and scanning. Either way, you need some type of element, whether it's the perceived threat of a running game, the actual threat of a running game, that particular element, or even the ability to move and extend plays because the protection just doesn't hold up very long. That's where having a player like a Kyron Drones or like an Anthony Calandria can make sense. Does it ease all my concerns that these coaches know what to do with them? Not exactly. But it does at least make some level of sense, which is why when Brent Pry had this to say about Kyron Drones' performance in the post-game show that you heard Following the 19-point loss to Rutgers this past weekend on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3 FM, it actually makes a level of sense. Yeah, there's certainly good things to pull from the game for his play. And uh, first college start and, uh, you know, things to correct. But but I thought Kyron gave us a chance today, ran the ball well, made some timely throws. He did things well. And they would have actually had a 240-yard passing day, as Andy Bitter of, of TechSideline.com astutely noted in one of his write-ups on the game, if Daquan Felton, the transfer from Norfolk State, caught the ball, caught the football on a deep pass. And, by the way, that could have given a spark to an offense that clearly needed it. But I don't put it on, on, on Kyron Drones for his performance. And as a result, it's at least the idea that if you're a Virginia Tech, you can see some signs of progress. Yeah, again, I think, you know, to be able to finish right there um, shouldn't be in that situation. We should have been in a little bit better shape than we were if we do more things right early in the game. But uh, there's certainly signs of the team we can be. 
Um, you know, we're still a work in progress, but there's good signs of who we can be. We just got to keep working on corrections and finding guys that can make the plays. You know, we got to be smarter as coaches and be smarter as players. Too many self-inflicted wounds today. Nothing wrong with that, although it's the same thing we've heard again and again from Brent Pry and Virginia Tech. And that's where it's a little frustrating if you're a Virginia Tech fan to hear that type of comment on the postgame show, as Brent Pry noted after the loss to Rutgers that you heard on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3. There's the other parts of this as well. And again, the similarities are pretty striking. That in Charlottesville, Tony Musket, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but there are issues all across that roster, much like at Virginia Tech, who had all the skill position players, but injuries have crippled that. And of course, the offensive line wasn't very good in Blacksburg, and it's not very good in Charlottesville, even before things have popped up over the course of the season, which is why Tony Elliott mentioned that a lot of things have gone very well, but you get something like the fourth quarter interception for Anthony Calandria, and it's disheartening, but it is part of the process. Yeah, you know, that's a, a situation where, I mean, he's made, he made a lot of plays in a football game, you know, first and foremost. In the last two games, I mean, he's made a lot of, a lot of uh, really good football plays for us. Um, and that's just a situation where, you know, trusting too much, you know, in, uh, uh, in his ability to make a play. And that's where, you know, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna grow up. He's going to have moments on, where he's going to have to learn on the field. And, uh, you know, in that situation, you instruct him, you know, in the huddle. Hey, if it's not there, you know, throw it away. We got points. Uh, we're, in, we're in position to, to kick the field goal. Tony Elliott expounding upon Anthony Calandria's fourth quarter interceptions, which really squal- squelched any opportunity Virginia had to come back against Maryland. And I don't dispute that Calandria has actually kind of kept Virginia in a lot of games and masked a lot of the other deficiencies, not in a way dissimilar to Kyron Jones at Virginia Tech, when it's obvious there are quarterbacks on a roster that doesn't have a lot, and yeah, they kind of need the support of play calling, which you have to know what you're doing in that department. And again, it's debatable that Virginia Tech and UVA have that. And you also at some point need to have linemen that can do something, because for all the optimism around Virginia Tech in particular, Entering the season, there wasn't much for Virginia. But for Virginia Tech, the biggest question is offensive line play. And I think we're learning pretty quickly that you need something that can mask that when that's a big area of concern. But to elaborate further on quarterbacks learning to make plays and how to avoid mistakes, it is in fact part of the process that dogs Virginia and Virginia Tech right now. And at least with the younger quarterback, you can... Sell it to the team that not only are they making plays, but that it's worth growing through them. You know, he's trying to make a play. You know, that's a young man that, that wants to win a football game. Uh, he's a fierce competitor, and he's just uh, trying to make a pay, play. And our job as coaches is to help him uh, learn uh, from situations like that uh, to get better in the future. Tony Elliott on Anthony Calandria. Not faulting the guy for trying to make a play. Initially, I don't. Over time, you have to learn from your mistakes and get better at that. Otherwise, you become the uh, quarterback that just continues to make horrible decisions at the worst time and and you don't learn from your mistakes and that's the stubbornness uh, that you have to help toe the line if you're a coach but there is the reality of this as well and that's why I get why Grant Wells was the initial guy at Virginia Tech why Tony Musket was the initial guy at Virginia and they're more known quantities you had film on them at the collegiate level entering their time in Blacksburg and entering this year even at Virginia Tech in the case of Grant Wells Musket transferred in from Monmouth where it's the, proverbially speaking here, devil you know versus what you don't and how a younger player is going to adapt. Because 
Kyron Drones before this game had had, what, about 73 snaps total in his career of college football, and then he eclipsed that 73-ish snap mark against Rutgers just in and of itself. So I understand what the coaching staff's doing. Forgive me, Trey, if I don't have much confidence that they're actually going to pull this off and figure out how to put all the right pieces in place around them, but I at least understand why they are doing what they are doing, even if, yes, it sounds like we're faintly trying to sell hope for teams where it feels like it's slipping away in Blacksburg and Charlottesville. Maybe for the season. Uh, well, Drones is going to start this week. I have very good confidence in that based off of what I've read and what I've seen is, you know, Wells is out again this week. And, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I think these are two different coaches. Like, you can see improvement for Virginia Tech, especially in recruiting. I haven't really seen it at Virginia. Also, Virginia Tech's issues have not been defensive for a defensive-minded head coach. Virginia's issues have been offensive for an offensive-minded head coach. Um, I would argue a better play caller could fix a lot of Virginia Tech's offensive issues, and we'll see what happens over time. Um, but uh, let's put it this way. I have more faith in Brent Pry than I do Tony Elliott at this point. I don't know. I don't think that's hard to argue. Um, but we'll see. I All this stuff takes time. If you asked me after Florida State went 5-7 and seven in 2021 with Mike Norvell, I would have said, oh, they might need to get rid of him. But then he goes 10-3 and three and three and, and, you know, and has a national championship contender this year. Uh, it, it, you know, what if Kyron Drones hits? What if Colangelo hits? Like that Calandria. Calandria, whatever. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, trust the process. Uh, God, don't bring <laughs> that up, please. Um, I was but, trying to keep this as optimistic as possible, and but, there you go. I, that, was just, that was just for fun. For you, maybe. Yes, that was for me. Uh, so the, all this stuff takes time. Um, I will say this. Virginia, roster-wise, was in a better spot when when uh, Bronco left than when, uh, what's his name? Fuente left Virginia Tech. Yes. Well, he didn't leave. He got fired. <laughs> That's different. He was ushered out the door. And I would argue Virginia has regressed worse than Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech had a low bar already because it was not in good shape. Virginia had a decent roster, and it regressed. Um, But we'll see. All this stuff takes time. Um, Like I said, I said bowl would be great this year. If they don't make a bowl, but if they go 5-7, and like – I at this point I'm looking for improvement. Let's say Drones is the start of the rest of the year, and you you see kind of I think a la and again I'm not saying he's Jordan Travis, but this was kind of the point where Jordan Travis took over the Florida State offense, and you see that kind of improvement with Drones as the as the guy under center, or if it's Pop Watson at some point, um, it, then you then you um then you'll figure it out. This stuff takes time. Uh, I I think. I think not all programs can do the Colorado flip, um, but a lot of programs expect the Colorado flip. Um, but but you, are you even willing to go the links Colorado has done where you basically run off your entire roster? And not, do you not, have the, uh, let's not, be blunt here, Trey, the low academic standards that enable you to take no, any talent you want? Not saying not they're all that, bad, but... It's not that. It's You're not getting a guy... You're not Like, Dylan Edwards is not... Well, you know, with his speed, is not walking through that door. Travis Hunter is not walking through that door. Not even um, Shador Sanders. Not yeah. Not even Shador. Like 
You'd be lucky to get Shiloh Sanders. Oh, what's crazy? The other one. What's hilarious is if South Florida had their two wide receivers that are now in Colorado, they might have beaten Alabama because they, <laughs> and Jimmy Horn Jr. and Isaiah Weaver. So that's kind of like think about it like that. Like let's and and that USF team won one game last year. So like it, <laughs> this stuff takes time. Uh, not everyone is is able to flip a roster quick. Not everyone, you know. <sighs> And I've said this before, and the issue is just at Colorado. Uh, it, like, you can't flip an offensive and defensive line in one year. That takes multiple, multiple years. That's what happened with Florida State. And I think that's what's going to have to happen here is give this time to flip the offensive and defensive lines. And once those seem stable and then the offensive line or the offense or, or they still struggle, then that's where the issues come. I'll go a step further, though, to your point on the offensive and defensive lines. I think at some point, you've got to show you can develop those type of players. Because the idea of flipping and getting good replacements in there, especially players that can make an immediate impact, is extremely challenging. The kid, I think it's Everett, the kid that was from Lord Botetot High School, an hour or so west of where we're based in Forest, Virginia, that went to Appalachian State, was at best a rotational lineman. And in a lot of cases, he was a sixth swing option. He entered the transfer portal and picked Oklahoma over Virginia Tech because of name, image, and likeness, and they were willing to bring that guy on board? That shows how difficult it is. So I got to see it over the course of the season at those two schools to believe that there's progress that's actually being made. Speaking of the Who's, Hokies, and the aforementioned Coach Prime-led Colorado Buffaloes, that way we can include hashtag Coach Prime in our show notes and boost up the rankings on Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and where you listen to podcasts. Um, if you want to grow faster, if you want change to come faster to your physique, to your structure, it's easy at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Fleet Feet Roanoke gift cards to get you the apparel that you need. Shoes, shirts, shorts, socks, nutritional supplements and enhancers. All of that are at InsaneRadioDeals.com. And, of course, you got to have a fitness plan as well. Don't worry. They have running groups there, and oh, by the way, when you go to InsaneRadioDeals.com, we also have memberships to Crosswide Athletic Club, individual, couple, and family memberships. If you want to give it a try, it's perfect. It's a three-month membership where you can just go grab the membership and try out whether Crosswide Athletic Club is right for you. All at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, to other topics. Back to the Who's and Hokies, where we're not really going to sell much optimism to kick things off in the Fast Five at five-ish, but perhaps we will around 5.45 when Damian Sordelet of Roanoke.com at least joins us to talk some Virginia Tech. But the less optimistic stuff we jump into right now. It's time for the Fast Five at five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Virginia defensive back Antonio Cleary. Ankle surgery and expected to be out Later, out six weeks and back toward the end of October or early November. I can't help but wonder, in these type of spots, whether that timeline gets adjusted based on the wins or, in Virginia's case, more likely, projected losses that could be coming. And, of course, a flag goes up in part to this because wide receiver Dameek Starling, Tony Elliott confirming today that he's redshirting this year with the intention of transferring now after the season and not involved in day-to-day activities for the Virginia Cavaliers. 
You just wonder when things start to go south this quickly and it doesn't look like there's signs for optimism into which players can buy, how likely it is that they are saying, hey, let's mail this in. Let's be extra cautious around injuries if we've played four or fewer games. Of course, Virginia's only played three or if we haven't played any games or even some modicum in between. It's natural. You're going to get that now in the one-time transfer portal window. And again, it makes building something a lot harder. And why, if you're going with younger quarterbacks, in Virginia's case, Anthony Calandria, you've got to see signs of improvement sooner or later because you're also selling your current roster as well as those that might be wanting to come in. Number four. Speaking of injuries and issues, there are a laundry list of them for the Virginia Tech Hokies. Linebacker Alan Tisdale expected to return this week. Wide receiver Jalen, he's more athletic than Ed, Lane, has a chance to return this week. Meanwhile, out are a number of different players, but we'll get to that momentarily. Others expected to be back outside linebacker Keontae Jenkins and potentially safety Jalen Stroman. A lot of those are on the defensive side of the ball that we mentioned. Tech needs all the help they can get because safety Nasir Peoples ruled out once again this coming week. Virginia Tech has struggled mightily, as we saw, particularly in run defense and critical spots against Rutgers, who kind of had a beat you, beat you, beat you, and then crumble the defense philosophy. Average about four and a half yards a carry for the majority of that game, but they broke off four runs that were over 10 plus yards, including the backbreaking 55 yard touchdown run. Virginia Tech needs all the help they can get. Quarterback Grant Wells questionable, but now it has been deemed he will have to compete with Kyron Drones for his job. That seems to indicate in my eyes the coaching staff likes what they saw out of Drones and believes he's a better fit. And right now, when you're not winning games, you kind of have to go with that route. Meanwhile, wideout Takei Heath, the freshman from Highland Springs, out this week against Marshall. Um, Injuries are an issue for Virginia Tech. And once again, it's why in the early portion of the season, and I would consider Purdue a more winnable game than Virginia than Rutgers. But, I mean, if you don't Flip make that. early mistakes um, for Virginia Tech, either way, you've got to get these wins early in the year while you can because not only are you needing the momentum to sell to your players, but also injuries can start to mount. And when you're a roster like Tech where there's not much depth, it becomes a real issue over a longer period of time. Number three. Time for us to boost our ratings quite a bit. Speaking of ratings, why are we doing that? The Colorado Buffaloes, they have sold out their home football slate for the remainder of the season, marking the first time in school history that Colorado has performed such a feat. That includes the early 90s teams that competed for, and in one case, claimed a share of the national championship. This is the prime effect. I mean, I get asked about it all the time now in places that I go. Asked about it at lunch today. Asked about it regularly at lunches when I'm around different people. It's Deion Sanders and the effect that he has, which leads us to points made in... Number two. And in a moment, number one as well. 60 minutes. It's best viewership in a couple of years. Since 2021, Sunday's season 56 premiere featured an interview with, you guessed it, Coach Prime. 11.8 million viewers now they had a benefit of the coach prime interview being promoted heavily during the late game of the nfl slate which conveniently featured the new york jets granted without aaron Rodgers, and the dallas cowboys biggest draw on nfl tv platforms across the landscape of that sport and oh by the way 
the team for whom Deion Sanders won one of his Super Bowls and gained even more recognition as being the flashy Neon Dion Coach Prime. So yes, there was a strategic element to it, but this guy's captured the attention of so many. He is transcending sports to where people that don't care as much about sports are paying attention, if nothing more, because he's polarizing and flawed and to some narcissistic, to others genuine as he might be. He generates a lot of reaction, which leads us to this final point. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Here's an amazing nugget. The Colorado State-Colorado game that went into multiple overtimes over the weekend and started at 10.30 p.m. Just imagine what that number would have been if that game had have started at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m., in the big noon kickoff slot like it did a week earlier, or in the other slot of note, 3.30 p.m., imagine how much more this rating could have been. Because it peaked at over 9 million viewers, and that Colorado State-Colorado multi-overtime game over the weekend, at 2.15 a.m. Eastern Time, 1.15 a.m. Central, past midnight in Mountain Time Zone, Three out of the four time zones <coughs> were in the early morning hours, and it still drew 8.23 million viewers. That's astronomical. It beat every single non-sports show this weekend, except for 60 Minutes, which just so happened to feature the same player, or former player, that everyone wanted to see on Colorado's game against Colorado State. The only thing that drew higher over the weekend was the NFL, which always draws higher. NFL, greater than Deion Sanders. Everybody else, hardly able to keep up with Coach Prime. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. When we return here in the Fast Lane, a little more on Coach Prime and Virginia Tech and their struggles around 5.45 p.m. But high school football, we're a week into district play. How much more clarity do we have on some of the teams in the district? That's a question we'll discuss with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com next here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Trey Law VT and Fast Lane Ed Lane on any of the social platforms.